You're listening to the Union Church Podcast. For more information about Union, please visit unionboston.org. Amen. Beloved, I just need you to hear me today. You are resilient and you are blessed. Now remember, resilience is simply defined as the capacity to come back, uh, to bounce back, to persevere, to push through, to press through, to hold on, to never let go because God's never let go of you. In a world that knocks you down, being resilient means that you get back up again. In a world that throws roadblocks in your path, being blessed means that you find an alternative path and you keep on walking, you keep on pressing, you keep on marching because as the saints used to say, we're not going to let anybody turn us around. In a world that really does not want you to flourish, being resilient says, I am destined for greatness. That fulfillment is my birthright. That happiness is my inheritance. And God delights in me. And because God delights in me, I will delight in myself. And I am ready for whatever comes my way. In a world that wants to forget about us, we remember who we are. That's why we come to this place. You see, last week in part one of this sermon series, we learned that resilience is a practice. It's not something simply that you are just born with. Uh, It's not something that you either have or you don't have. It's it's something that you build and you develop and you construct through daily practice. And although resilience isn't something that you're simply born with, still we're created for this. Uh, Practice your resilience. We practice our resilience by going to places that remind us, that allow us to remember that you are blessed. You are blessed to be a blessing. And the world needs us to practice our resilience, which is, right, a radical act of love, uh, because when we love ourselves, we help others love themselves. When we realize that we are loved by God, by a God who loves us uh, and, and loves us into freedom, we love ourselves in a way that loves others into freedom. To remind folks, just as Radical Praise said, we are created for this, that, that there's no defeat, only victory, that we are created for this. We are created for worship. We are created for praise. But guess what? We are created for overcoming. So when the world knocks us down, we get back up because we are zillion and we are made to overcome. We don't have a spirit of fear. We don't have a spirit of doubt, but we have a spirit of love. We have a spirit of power. We have a spirit. Of, we have a strong mind because God has a plan for us. God knows the best for us. God will not let us fail. God will not let us falter. God will be with us and will provide for us wherever it is that we go, even when we have to go in a different direction, right? Even when we have to to just turn our course just a little bit, God is right there. God paves the way. God's got our back. God's on the right side. God's on the left side. God is above us, grounding us, holding us, restoring us, refreshing us rejuvenating us, giving us everything that we need. Because we're created for this. This is part one of that, that sermon on the mount when Jesus takes his disciples to the mountain to give them a message of resilience. We know it as the Beatitudes, a, a message of remembrance, a, a reminder. I don't know about you, but sometimes I just need to be reminded. 
It might have had a long week, a hard week, a hard month. 2020 might be off to a rocky start. Some of we need to be reminded, yes. taken to a place, right? A place being more than just a location in space, but rather an intersection of a particular time in a particular space where meaning is made. This place, meaning is made in this place called union. We go to places like Jesus went to that mountain to practice, right? It's an encounter because wonderful things happen on the mountain. What is your mountaintop experience? That's where we're going. Moses goes up to the mountain, right, and receives the Ten Commandments. And, and when he receives the Ten Commandments, something happens on the mountain. The glory of God reflects upon the glory of Moses, and his face begins to shine. Right, right on, on Mark Caramel, the prophet Elijah demonstrates God's glory and sovereignty because he spoke a word of truth against false prophets. And, and when he spoke a word of truth against false prophets, he began to radiate and to manifest God's glory. Jesus goes up to the mountain and, and is transfigured on top of the mountain. And he dazzles, he, he shines, he illuminates in such a way. Where are the places that you go in order to help you? shine. Where are the places that you go that help you to shine? On the mountain where the glory of God is often revealed, Jesus teaches. He teaches you are blessed and resilient. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Right, that first lesson, Beatitudes, that message of resilience, reminds us of our identity in a world that would have us to forget who we are and whose we are. Uh, some of the ancestors, they, they teach us, they, they implore us uh, to, to commit it to memory, like Reverend Bigler, uh, one of my ancestors, my pastor, said, write these words, these words of blessedness, write them on the tablet of your heart. In other words, remember them memorize them because when, 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 when it gets difficult in life, you need some things to turn to, right? When, when the road gets rough, uh, you, you need something to fall back upon when you get knocked down. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you who mourn, for you will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for you shall inherit the earth. Blessed are you who hunger and thirst for righteousness, so you shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for you shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for you shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called children of God. Blessed are you when you are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for yours is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people utter all kind of false things against you in God's name. Rejoice and be glad. Somebody ought to turn to your neighbor and say, rejoice and be glad. Just as they persecuted the prophets before you, even when they revile you, you are blessed. Yes. Remember who you are and whose you are. What strikes me in the Beatitudes is the way that Jesus calls us to do the work. Calls us to do the work. What, what, see, catch this. What shapes us as Christians is, is less than what we simply believe. It's about what we do. Yeah how we show up in the world. Somebody ought to say amen. Jesus says, blessed are you who mourn. Sometimes you just got to cry sometimes. Sometimes you have to mourn, but blessed are you for you shall receive comfort. He said, blessed are you who are gentle, who act kindly unto one another. 
Blessed are you who hunger, who yearn for justice and for righteousness. The, the work of hungering, the, the work of mourning, the, the work of being gentle is rooted in who we are. Blessed are you who show mercy, for mercy shall be shown to you. Right? Mercy is, is, is the grace of God that, 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 that it shows up even when you don't deserve it. Even when you have, right, because the love of God is not earned. It's simply inherited. So we show mercy because mercy has been shown unto us. And we act kindly because God has been kind to us. We are good because God has been good to us all the time. So all the time we are called to be good unto one another. Blessed are you who make peace. In a world that is constantly waging war, and, and there's war and rumors of war and fighting of this party against that party and this people against that people over and over again. We as children of God who follow the Jesus Christ who is the Prince of Peace, we are called to make peace. It's a practice that we're called to. We practice, we walk the walk and not merely talk the talk. So how we practice our faith matters. How we practice our faith matter. How we show up in the world is important, right? It's less, and, and I, I, I mean, I'm a trained theologian, and, and I, I, I know that you got to study and you got to learn things, but at the end of the day, it's less about the nuances of the Immaculate Conception or the Virgin Birth or the Trinity or the bodily resurrection. What matters is that we live as resurrected people in the world and we experience the birth of love. Right. What matters most, as the saints used to say, is, is, is that we love everybody and we treat everybody right. Yeah. Yeah. It's just that simple, right? So, so, so it's actually less about orthodoxy, which is right belief, and more about orthopraxis, which is about acting right. Yeah. About acting right. Yeah. Right, about showing up in the world and, and acting like you know Jesus. Yeah. Right? Otherwise, it's just, just noisy gong and, and, and tinkering cymbals uh, to, to talk all the things that we learned in Sunday school, but show up in the world still ugly. Yes. Right? Still treating our neighbors mean. Yes. Right? Come, even dare to come into church. Right? With an attitude and th that you're passing on. No, we are called to be in this place in a community of love so that others might be loved into freedom because we show up as one who are loved by God, seeking to love one another. So like an athlete or, or musicians or, 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 or you know, those with, with particular, we are called as Christians to practice our craft. Right? Plumman and, and, and Willie and Fabio and Diane, they, they did not just become a good instrumentalist by just showing up and banging on the drums and, and knocking on the piano. They, they practice. They, hours and hours, years upon years. Likewise, as Christians, we are called to practice our faith, to lean in to what we believe in our heart, but practice them with our hands. Right, John Wesley talks about these means of grace, the ways that we experience the abundant and everlasting love of God as acts of piety and works of mercy. 
acts of piety, going to God in prayer. Spiritual disciplines like, like fasting and, and communion that we constantly petition and, and practice in such a way that draws us closer to God and to one another. But as Wesley said, there's no holiness but social holiness, no religion but social religion. So, so and I love the children run them. You know, there's something about practicing our faith that allows us to do the work of transforming the world. Right? Our, our works of piety, it sustains us, it gives us the energy, it gives us the strength in order to resist evil and oppression and injustice in whatever forms they present themselves. It, it, it gives us the power that we need in order to, to, to do the work of making this world a better place. So through volunteering in our food pantry to feed the hungry, by visiting the sick and the imprisoned, by, by giving all that we can in all the ways that we can, we do these acts of service in order to transform the world as a means of living out, of practicing our faith. Jesus, Jesus goes to the mountain in order to practice his faith. He, he goes away with his disciples in order to, to, to help them to practice their faith. And he offers them this sermon on the mount. You are blessed. You are resilient. And then he takes it a step further. He says, you are the salt of the earth. In a world that denies your identity, Jesus calls us the salt of the earth. The salt of the earth. Okay, right, so black folks have a complicated relationship to salt, right? Salt, high blood pressure, uh, get that pressure up, and you know, so, 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 we, so we pull back. Uh, my, my, my granny, uh, my mother was my granny's caretaker. Uh, she had high blood pressure and heart disease. Uh, so my granny uh, called my mom the salt police. Because, because, because she hid the salt, there was, the, the food had, it was bland, didn't have any flavor. Uh, but, but at the same time that, that, that we have to be wary of salt, right, we know that salt is essential for life. Salt is essential for life. It, it does something, I'm not a, a biologist, but it, you know, it's something about regulating blood pH, uh, pH and, and, and all that stuff, and it's important for electrolytes and all that. Come on, Dr. Joanna, help me out, preach this sermon. Right, 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 right. You gotta be careful not to intake too much salt, but if you don't take enough salt, right, your, your body gets out of whack. It gets out of whack. Thank you, doctor. Yes, we worked that thing out. <laughs> Right. So, so, so not only does it, is it helpful for the body, uh, it, it, it does something right in, in the world. It, it's salt, before, before there was refrigeration, right? Salt was needed by explorers and discoverers. They always traveled with salt, right? Because it was used for preservation of food, of meat, and it, it did something to protect what they needed for the journey the salt. So the point is this. As Christians, we are called to preserve and to protect a sense of blessedness that's within us. As Christians, those who are called by Jesus to be the salt of the earth, we are called to protect and preserve a sense of holiness, a sense of righteousness, 
the sense of blessedness, which is within all of us. That's within all of us. Jesus calls us to be salt in the world. Jesus calls us to preserve a sense that our identity, our createdness, our belovedness in a world that seeks day after day to strip away our goodness, to hold down the knowledge of who we are and whose we are. As the salt of the earth, we are called to stand in solidarity with one another, to show up for one another, to encourage one another, never to harm each other with words from our mouths, but always to reaffirm, to celebrate, to bless one another and remind one another, one another of our blessedness because we are blessed to be a blessing. We are blessed. We are the salt of the earth. And, and guess, catch this, we are the light of the world. Jesus, the light of the world, invites us into his salvific work. When Jesus calls us, yes, right? Jesus calls us, the one who is light, calls us to be light in a world that too often stumbles in darkness. It's a holy task, a humbling task, in fact, uh, that, that the one who was with God in the beginning when, when light was created, who breaks into the world to illumine the world, calls us to be lights so that we might illumine the pathway of others. It's a gift and a blessing that we are called to discover our glory so that too with God and the prophets of old like Elijah and, and Moses that we too might radiate, that we too might illumine the pathway for others. And, and, and because we are the light of the world, Jesus says, right, right, you, you've got something inside of you that, that seeks to shine because there's something inside of you that is part of you, that is more than you, it's the spirit of God working within you. But this light, don't hide it under a bushel. You don't light a light but to uncover it. So the work of discovering our glory is actually uncovering the things that might have been stopping us from shining. Right? So there's something already in us. Right, that's born within us. The work of living out our blessedness sometimes is just simply removing the cover. Removing the cover and remembering implanted within you is God's light. And because that light is within you, you just stoke it by practice, by, by coming to prayer, by, by fasting, by, by joining with one another in Bible study, by doing good works, we practice our faith and we continue to allow that spark within us to ignite. Yeah. Your light, it wants to shine, it wants to radiate and bless others as you 
have been blessed. Right? Because in the end, Marianne is right. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, sometimes that most frightens us. But when we ground ourselves in the one who loves us into freedom, we uncover our gifts. We discover our light. And as we let our light shine, Marianne says, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. And we're liberated from our own fear. And our presence, our practice, our showing up in the world liberates others. So yeah, maybe it's not so much that practice makes perfect. That's not the point. The point is that we might practice the things that protects our power, that protects and preserves our grace in the face of pressures that would have us to forget our potential. So let us do the work. Let us practice the faith. And may God and each one of us be glorified. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information about Union Church, please visit unionboston.org.